0: Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force Podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. We are back from spring break, and I'm still Kelso. I'm
1: Kyla.
2: And I'm Carl.
0: That's what I'm calling it. I'm calling the spring break. Life happens, and yeah. sometimes we don't podcast. It's okay.
1: Life happens and sometimes also it's the middle of a pandemic, which I'm gonna blame for this one. That's fair, yeah.
0: 100%. Um,
1: it was supposed to be like, oh, you know, we're going we're on a slightly longer break, or not even longer, but just like, you know, we need. I needed a shorter game because I wasn't going to have a lot of time to play because I was going on vacation. Uh, and then I flew back to the East Coast, and then I got COVID. And, uh, yeah, you know what's not a great thing to do when you have COVID is, like, talk for a few hours straight.
0: Or... Go to the lizard expo. My heart heart broke for you when you said you could go to the lizard expo. Like
1: no Yeah, no, I was I was really heartbroken and I was like, But 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 my lizard Um but it's fine. I'm went to a, a different smaller local one last week or last weekend? Yesterday literally yesterday um i still have the uh the little like admission stamp on my wrist it's a little purple gecko um and i got some cards from like local local breeders um so that i can be a little bit you know more informed and and know who i can buy geckos from in the future Good. So the the project is still underway. It's just. Do you uh, still
0: have? Do you still have your cool bugs? Are your cool bugs still kicking?
1: Oh, listen! I have a whole uh, invertebrate saga to relate here. Ooh,
0: okay. <laughs> Buckle in.
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> here's the thing. Uh, I introduced uh, two cultures into my tank. Um, one of them was dairy cow isopods uh which are cute little crustacean bugs. Um and then the other one was white springtails. Uh I can't remember if they were temperate whites or tropical whites, but little little tiny teeny teeny bugs that um that eat mold. And the, the goal of these two together is they are what is called uh the cleanup crew for a bioactive tank, which means that they are both detrivores, so they will eat uh, waste products from the gecko, um, you know, including poops, but also things like shed skin um, and you know, like leaves from the plants that that die and fall down and things like that. Um, and in particular, the springtails also eat mold, so it keeps your tank from getting moldy. So it's uh it's a harmonious uh, habitat. Uh, ideally, more so once I get the gecko, but. I went on vacation, uh, and I had a friend come by and missed them while I was gone. Uh, like, you know, spray them. Um, and I came back, and everything was fine. And then, <clears throat> after a couple days, it started to feel like I wasn't seeing the isopods in the tank very much. Like, you, you know, I never see them a ton, because they tend to burrow and hide under things. So, you know, you don't... It's not like you're seeing them all the time, but I usually saw, like, you know, one or two every day or two. And I wasn't really seeing them. I could find them if I, like, pried up a piece of bark and specifically looked. I would find one or two. But other than that, I wasn't really seeing them. So I'm like, what's wrong with my isopods? Are they dying? Is something, are they, like, unhealthy? Is, you know, is there something, is it too cold for them? What's going on? So I got a little worried. Um, cause I love my little dairy cows. They're very cute. Uh, and so I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm feeding them what I'm supposed to be feeding them based on the care guide, but maybe like they're not eating it or they're not finding it or it's, you know, not quite what they need. So let me see if there's something that is missing from their diet, um, by putting a bunch of like produce cast offs into the tank and seeing if there's anything that they'll eat. So I put, like, a little top cutting from a piece of strawberry. I put a little piece of lettuce. I put some onion skin. I put a little stem from a mushroom in there, that a little cremini mushroom that I'd cut up. And I, you know, left it in, uh, and then I went to bed. And the next morning, I got up, and the mushroom stem was completely covered with and crawling in a completely new type of critter that I had never seen before. Oh, no. Um, and I'm like, um, this is not a thing I added to my tank. What's going on? And they were very, very small, um, and they looked almost like spiders, except they had, um, they only had the three legs, and they had, like, big, long, wiggly antenna. Um, so, But like two body segments, like front body segment and then big round butt like a spider. So I'm like, what the heck is this thing? And is this like causing trouble in my tank? So I went on a whole long journey where I like took pictures and I like tried to see if anyone in my gecko group knew what they were and they didn't. And I found a, I finally found a bug forum online. Shout out to Bug Guide. um, Bugguide.net. Bug guide, Yeah, bug, shout out to bugguide.net, um, which has a whole little system whereby you can uh, <clears throat> submit photos and they will help you identify. And I found out that they are globular springtails, which is apparently a thing. I didn't know they existed. They're a, a variation on springtails that are round. And so, oh. like you know apparently they're they're just a thing that you get sometimes they're like not uncommon they're not as common as the white springtails um they're a little harder to breed commercially i guess so they're um like they're less often used as you know a, a commercial species that you would put in a bioactive tank oh
0: bonus bugs
1: right yeah so they must have come in with one of my other uh my other cultures and just they're you know they're like brown and black so they they blend in and i just didn't know they were there uh but of course they're springtails so they eat mold and fungus so i put in a mushroom stem and they were so excited <laughs>
0: um
1: <clears throat> so i'm like all right i guess i got a a bonus bug now and uh that, but that's fine um you know there's are still springtails so they're not gonna hurt anything else that's in the tank Um, so then I, you know, I went back and looked at a lot of the care guides again to see if there was anything that I was missing. Uh, and one of the things that people said was that a lot of people who raise isopods keep a calcium supplement in the tank with them. Uh, and my care guide said, like, you don't need to do that if you're feeding them gecko diet because gecko diet already has calcium in it. Um, but I'm like, well, you know, maybe they're not eating the gecko diet enough. Maybe I just need a calcium supplement. Uh, so I went to the pet store and in the birds section, they have cuddle bones, which are like the internal shell from a cuttlefish, um, which is commonly used as calcium supplements for birds. So I bought one of those and, you know, broke it in half and put it in two places in the tank. And like the very next day, the isopods were back out and around and about again <laughs> nice. and all over the place. So I've been seeing them like fairly frequently now, and I think they're all better. Um so yeah, I think it was a calcium deficiency and they were getting malnutritioned. But they're they're fine now. Everything's good and I am enjoying my time with the cows.
0: Nice. I'm looking at pictures of like macro photos of globular springtails. These little guys, let me tell you. They're real cute. Are <laughs> aren't they? Yeah. Oh man, I gotta just start growing some bugs. The only bugs that we have around here, not the only bugs, but <clears throat> I think it must just be a climate thing here. Um I have never seen bigger cockroaches in my life than here in Virginia Beach specifically. Like not even not even in the other part of Virginia that I lived in like 30 minutes away. Uh just massive massive cockroaches. Like they're not everywhere but they they will hitch a ride like they've hitched rides in like at my work they'll just kind of come in on like in a box or something. I'm just, just fucking huge and awful.
1: Um, I do know uh, that some of the biggest, some of the biggest cockroach species are actually like outdoor only species, like they eat grass, grass bases and stuff. So they, you know, if they get inside, it's just by accident, and they don't tend to breed indoors. But I am not sure if this is of those uh, of that variety or not.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only ones that I've seen, like. In the like we've had like a couple dead ones in the house when we moved in, and then there was one live one that got it. Like they're not, they're clearly not breeding in the house because I've only seen very few of them, and they don't. Yeah, they they just seem to kind of stumble into buildings, and but man, they're big. Um, there was one in the yeah, office I wanna last say, summer.
1: I want to say German cockroaches are that variety, but I I know there's a couple. Maybe it's not the German. There's like, a, there's. Sorry, we we lived in LA for a while, and there's a lot of cockroaches in LA. So mm-hmm. at, at one point we researched a bunch of them, and uh, there's like w- there's like two main varieties that live in LA, and one of them is like the big outdoor one, and one is like the smaller indoor one. But sorry, yeah, you were I think,
0: saying. I think the ones I'm looking at I'm looking at now because I d- I was looking this up at one point. I think the ones that we have are like. They don't look like they look like American cockroaches, but they're huge. Anyway, um, yeah, there was one in, in in the office like last summer. Um, it was so big, just like scrambling around in a in a box, um, full of empty files, that I heard it before I saw it. Like I heard the, I heard its little legs scraping on the cardboard, and I was like, "What is that noise?" I turned around, and it was, um. So we threw it outside and hit it with a rock.
1: Yeah, I'm I was maybe about to the...
2: say, did you fight it?
0: <laughs> no. Well, we fought it and won. Um, but boy, howdy, was I j- just feeling little legs on my skin for the rest of the day, just yeah. imagining it.
1: <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so the, I Maybe the American cockroach is the bigger one. Looking at some some pictures now.
0: But yeah, I'm glad you have uh, nice, cute, helpful bugs. And yes,
1: my bugs are lovely. Bugs. My um, bugs are lovely and they help keep my tank free of bad things. and um, Including fungus gnats. Apparently springtails will uh, outcompete fungus gnats for food, so they're good against fungus gnats as well. That's good. But yeah, that is my that is my Invertebrate Saga. And then I went to another um, show yesterday, and I didn't really buy anything new. Um, but I did see a lot of cute critters, and I got to hold some ball pythons. Um, wow. <clears throat> nice. I do like snakes. I like snakes quite a bit. Um. Yeah, they felt different than I expected. It's been a long time since I've held a snake. And I, like, I knew that they're not, like, slimy and stuff, but this one was, like, almost, like, plasticky in texture in an interesting way. And just, like, just hanging out. Just hanging out on my arm. Very happy.
0: Yeah, it's always weird how you can, like, if they're, like, moving around, it's, like, you can feel the muscles, like, moving underneath the skin Mm -hmm. in a weird way. Yep. Um, I remember when I was,
2: like...
1: You. Oh no! They're so cute though! Ball pythons, they got the little boopy snoot.
2: And then you walk around barefoot and you like step on one and you panic.
1: I mean that sounds like probably a bigger problem for the snake than for you. Yes. I wouldn't. But I care about from. me. <laughs> the uh Carl, have yeah. you ever seen a-,
0: a banana python? They're very cute. I encourage yeah. you to Google. I encourage you to Google banana pythons. It's oh, just a God. type of ball python that's like yellow.
1: Python. I, I held. I don't remember the types. I, one of the ones I held might have been a banana. It. Uh, it was definitely like one of the yellower varieties. And then I hold, held one that was more of a normal morph. I have some pictures. I should probably post them on Twitter. Um. I also held, briefly held, a crested gecko, but only for a little bit. And you can feel the little sticky feet pads. It's very cute. Nice. I've never,
0: uh... I don't think I've, I've never held a gecko. I had a friend who had a bearded dragon once, so I've gotten to hold the bearded dragon, and then I had another friend who had a snake at one point, and I got to hold the snake. The snake's name was Snakey. Just, oh boy. just, Just so you're aware. <laughs> um,
1: I wish I could remember the name of the bearded dragon that my my friend had in college. We used to take it outside in a bucket and then sit with it. We would all sit in a circle where our like legs were touching, so we'd form like an enclosure and uh and we'd let him out and he'd like run around in the middle. <laughs> That's cute.
2: I had a friend with one of those. he used to carry it around on his shoulder.
1: yeah, they'll do that. they're like bearded dragons are apparently like incredibly chill to hang out with you. That's like their whole thing. They'll just ride around with you, which is great. Um But other things besides that that I have done uh in the past like whatever it's been three weeks, four weeks, uh went to the East Coast uh and hung out at a national park where there was a baby horse that was like three weeks old. Just a little little wild horse. Um That's cool. Also played through um, Airborne Kingdom, which I had free on Epic from some random previous Epic free week, uh, and is very good. Surprisingly, like, (laughs) solid game. Maybe we'll play it for the pod at some point. Uh, And also finished the post-game of Pokemon Legends Arceus.
0: Nice. I need to finish that. I need to play more of it, and I also got the, the new Kirby, and I haven't played too much of it, either. Too many games. So many oh, games. Oh, Kirby. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Kirby. I call it Kirby. Yes, I got the new Kirby. Um,
1: The one where yeah. you can, like, turn into a truck and things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can turn into a lot of stuff. Um, yes. pretty... I,
1: including a set of stairs, I think, at one point. You
0: can turn into a set of stairs, yes. Um, It is kind of uncomfortable to see Kirby just... This little body stretched around a car. I don't know how I feel about that quite yet, but
1: I try not to think about it. I mean, Kirby is one of those like, uh, just like horrifying imponderables when you think about him too long to begin with. Oh, yeah. So, absolutely, <clears throat> there are a number of those in video games. I would say.
0: Yeah. I started playing a little bit of Elden Ring also. Um
1: I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> it's it's not that bad. We got it on the PS5 because um ev, ev double dipped. Um so I was playing that at one point. He so actually this is one thing that he did. It's not a story that I have was any part of, but there um <clears throat> a couple weekends ago the um limited run games had the grand opening of their first retail store down in um Cary, North Carolina. Um so he uh one of his friends came from out of state and they then drove down and I was like, I don't I don't wanna sit overnight in a line to go buy stuff like you guys can do that, have fun. Um so while they were doing that, I watched the movies and and played a little bit of Elden Ring. Um but yeah they um they both spent several hundred dollars at the uh, limited run store. Um, yeah, we got, like, a, um, we got a boxed, um, let's see, we got oh, which one? It was No More Heroes 1 and 2, like special editions, and then also um, the Silver Case, like oh. big, big box set, because Ev, Ev recently played the Silver Case because he's a big Suda guy. Um, and really, it really, really clicked with him. He really liked it a lot, which is nice to like be able to talk about the silver case again with somebody. Um, so yeah. yeah, those were those were like the big highlights, I think, of his purchases. He got a bunch of other things, um, but nothing, nothing quite so exciting. So
1: very cool. Yeah. How are you liking Elden Ring? I've been watching some let's plays of it because that's not a thing I would ever play myself, but.
0: Uh, so I mean I haven't played very much of it just because um, Ev is usually on the PS5 and I am I will not triple dip I just I I can't I can't let myself get into it so I'm just I'm not gonna buy it um, on for my own PC um, it's I like it it ain't bad yeah yeah I don't know it's I think it's it's nice that the environments are a lot more open so. It is much more viable to just not engage in combat. It's a lot easier to just be like, I don't feel like dealing with this, and peace out on your horse goat. Um,
1: yep, that's cool. You can yeah, <laughs> just kind of run it around and... just like Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah, exa- like, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to battle shit. You just run away from it. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's it is the um.
2: Is there a horse goat?
1: Yeah, it- that's.
2: In well, I guess... Pokemon, I mean.
1: Oh, and Pope, I, you kind you of there's a, a there's a, like a reindeer.
0: Yeah,
1: there's uh, a deer, and you got you get
0: a bunch of animals to ride on, or at least you get several.
1: Yeah, you get couple. four of them. You four get couple. um you get a big reindeer. You get a a giant. So the reindeer is just like run fast. There's a big old bear thing that helps you dig up treasure. There's a fish that you can ride in the water, and then a bird that you can fly with is the last one. I haven't gotten. I haven't gotten surf or fly yet, but I've got the first two. Like I said, Move, I haven't played too much is, of it. Movement is fun in that game. Um, I am so I have like just a pet peeve resentment now having finished it. Um So there's a there's a series of legendaries. Um I they probably have like a proper name, but um they are colloquially known uh at least in some circles as the legendary hunks. Um Oh no! Because they're they're based off of like these, uh, you know, ancient Japanese like god monsters, um, and there's so there's like Landorus, Thunderous, and whatever the air one is called, uh, Landorus, Thunderous, Tornadus is the is the third one, and they're they just look like like, weird buff dudes with big mustaches. Oh,
0: okay, um, yeah, no, I, I, I remember these, yeah.
1: Yeah, and, uh, <clears throat> they introduced a fourth one that's a girl in the, uh, in the new, <laughs> in the new game. Um, Does she have a mustache? No. She has big, giant lips instead, and the other, so the other three are, like, Earth, uh, Wind, and Thunder, and her element is love. Hmm. And like attraction, and I'm like, God damn it! Of course, it's like the pink love one is the girl one.
0: Yeah, that's kind of weak.
1: And like, you know, the de- I I don't mind the design, like it's fine, like visually, but it like doesn't really feel like it goes with the other three. And I don't know, I it's I've I don't know, made me mad. Also, it's got the most freaking annoying boss fight. It's not even really technically one of the boss fights. It's just like a it's like a puzzle encounter because it it runs away a bunch and you have to chase it and then like throw things at it to uh to stun it so you can catch up with it enough to uh to throw a pokemon at it. Um but the the other 3 like are are rough but fun. And this one is just, like, frickin' impossible. I had to look up a strategy guide of, like, how the heck am I supposed to beat this thing? Oh, uh, they named the the girl one Enamorous? Yep, Enamorous. Uh, that's upsetting. Landorus, Thunderous, uh, Tornadus, and Enamorous.
0: I'm looking at it right now. Uh, it's
1: like the fucking female ninja turtle all over again.
0: Yeah, Smurfette.
1: Damn. I mean, her her Therarian form, which is like where they turn into like a beast form, is a giant, weird-looking turtle pig, which is like kind of interesting. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, huh. I, uh, I think
0: I think I uh, I well I said this until Arceus came out because I was like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna buy another Pokemon game. I think I'm just over Pokemon. But I oh man. I don't know, I think I'm too old to to be in touch with Pokemon anymore. Oh not wow. Not me.
1: I they announced uh they announced um uh Scarlet and Violet and I am like already very excited.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, I, I heard about that and it eh, it's just not like I don't know, I'm I'm enjoying Arceus just because it is a big mix up on the formula. I mean yeah. um, it is very fun to play. But eh I think I've played enough Pokemon games in my
2: life. The
1: grass starter is a cat called Sprigatito.
2: I also feel like I have played enough Pokemon games.
1: That's fair. I mean, played
2: yellow. (laughs) Actually, I played yellow, red, and blue. Wow. Damn.
1: How OG. I started with yellow, so...
0: I started with blue, and then I played yellow, and then I had both gold and silver. And then I kind of, from there on, I just, I kind of, like, skipped every other generation. Um,
1: yeah, I think I've played one, at least one game from every Pokemon generation. Like, I skipped the, like, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee yeah. thing, because they were, I like, I haven't played a lot, uh, I think, actually, I haven't played any of the games that are just remakes of previous generations. Um, but I've you know I've played all the like first first round go rounds. Yeah,
0: I played. Like I played um ruby and sapphire or which one did I get? I think I got I don't remember. I got one of them on the on the remake, rebound. Um, and there was one other one I don't remember which one that I that I played as a remake that was one that I had not previously played.
1: Uh, fire um, red leaf green.
0: No, okay. I guess it was I guess I guess it was just ruby and sapphire because I didn't play. Fire, red, or leaf green.
1: Um, yeah. Heart, Heart, gold, and soul, silver were the others, I think.
0: Yeah, I did play those. That's the <clears throat> ones. Because um, that came with the Poke Walker.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I think they have a new thing with. Uh... Oh, maybe not. They had, For a while, they had a thing where you could, like. Um... There was some relationship between, like, Pokemon Go and one of the games, something you could do with. Uh... That was like connected them somehow. It wasn't exactly like transferring Pokemon from one game to another, but like there was some way you could get some kind of boosts or rare Pokemon or something. But I don't remember.
0: I know they had a weird little peripheral for Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, um, but I don't know what that did or does.
1: Was the the Pokemon Walker was the one where you could like actually put the Pokemon like in a little Pokeball and you would like hear it as you walked around? Was that?
0: Um, that that, that might have been the, that might have been the new one. The one for Heart Gold and Soul Silver was basically just like a little pedometer, but um, it had like a little screen that you could catch Pokemon. So like if you walked around enough, depending on how long, like how many steps you took, um, it would like increase the rarity of the Pokemon that you could catch from the Poke Walker. Mm. Um, so it's like ten thousand steps, and you get a chance at like spawning a Pikachu or something. Um, Interesting. Okay. And then you could transfer those into your game. And they, I think they had like slightly upgraded move sets from the Pokemon that you could catch in the proper game, if I'm remembering correctly, or something like they each had like, like one extra move that was, you know, you get it early or something like that. Um, I, I, my, I probably still have my Pokewalker it around somewhere in like some backpack that I haven't used in a decade or something. It's probably somewhere.
1: Yeah, so. I remember the, the idea of, like, there was a peripheral that was a Pokeball, and you could download one of your Pokemon from the game into the Pokeball, and then, like, walk around and exercise with it, and it would, like, occasionally make the Pokemon cry from the little Pokeball, which is just a really cute idea.
0: I don't remember. Maybe it Maybe that was the one. I don't remember if it had a speaker or not, but, yeah, I don't remember. It's been so long.
1: Pokemon Walker as yes, if I Uh, this looks like a different thing. This looks like more like a Tamagotchi type thing, yeah,
0: that's what I remember. Very cute. It was very small, too. like, I don't know, like the diameter of like a silver dollar or something oh <laughs> a yeah, little, no little I'm,
1: guy. I'm seeing it next to uh the like d s cartridges, and it's like barely larger than one of the d s cartridges yeah. Yeah, that's very, very
0: small, a very compact form factor.
1: Uh, any other fun new games over over break, Carl?
2: I'm playing through Grand Theft Auto One right now.
1: Interesting. How's it holding up?
2: Um, it's it has some like control issues, and, like issues overall, but it's interesting to see. How much it is like modern Grand Theft Auto games. Interesting. Or maybe not modern, but like at least like three, four San Andreas.
1: Yeah. So like That's the, like the same format. The seeds of the franchise are already in there.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. That's yeah, the, cool. the only top-down one I played was um, Chinatown Wars on the DS, and I liked it quite a bit. Um, I don't know if you if you like still feel the itch to play a top down one. I would recommend trying to get a copy of that running or some something. Um, I remember I remember that one pretty fondly. Um, it was super easy to make money by selling drugs. <laughs> um, just just so you're aware. But yeah, I remember being pretty struck with like it completely different format, but it still feels like a GTA game um, <laughs> somehow because it is. But you know. I guess I wasn't expecting it to have quite the same feel.
2: Yeah, <sighs> I played one and two a lot growing up.
1: So it's I, yeah, it's been fun to
2: like them. refresh.
1: I don't think I've ever played through an entire Grand Theft Auto game. I like, you know, played like fifteen minutes of it or whatever at a friend's house at one point, I think, but. um... I don't think I've ever actually owned a Grand Theft Auto game. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I guess it's like early, early genesis of open world games kind of thing. So probably I should at some point for just like general games education. I just, I don't know. I have no desire to like pretend to be in a gang.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, the only ones I've ever actually played all the way through, like, the story, have been Vice City, because, I mean, Vice City is probably my favorite GTA game still. I mean, I played all of 5, so. That's about it.
1: Right. If it seems like we're stalling, it's because I we're know. stalling. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, we really
1: are.
2: Speaking um, of stalling.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess. Not really. Not really. really. Um, Cloud Gardens. Shall we talk about Cloud Gardens? We should, yeah. Um, Look, don't take
0: the stalling to mean that this is not a good game. It is. I enjoyed it. It's just, there's not a whole lot to say.
1: Yeah, so, Cloud Gardens, uh, developed by Noyo and Thomas Vanderberg, published by Noyo and Coatsink um is a game that's like a series of little terrariums basically you get a small um or sometimes slightly less small just little vignette space uh where there's it's not exactly like post apocalyptic it's just kind of ruins of some kind you know some of them are like old train stations or broken down highways uh or junkyards things like that um, and you have a bunch of plants, and your goal is to get the plants to overgrow the area a certain amount. Uh, and you can place plants, and you can grow plants by placing prop objects, which is usually like a bunch of trash that you mm-hmm. place around the scene. Um, and the plants have like procedural growth. It's, uh, and there's like a couple different ti- kinds of plants, and they, grow procedurally in different sort of different ways. Um there's technically I think like 12 plants that you can unlock but there's only like three or four major form factors like growth patterns. There's the the viney ones which grow sort of out and down um there's the um like just single plant ones which grow up tall which also includes the trees and then there's like um ground spreading ones like the or wall spreading um which are like the the grasses and the funguses and yeah it's it's a very like zen like simple relaxing game. It's how do you guys feel about the puzzle element? Because I thought like it's gonna be one of those Oh, you know, it's just do it however you want. But you can fuck it up if you don't (laughs) if you don't like plan and pay attention a little bit.
2: Yeah, but I'm not sure I would call it a puzzle element still.
1: Yeah.
0: It's um It's there. It's there. It's yeah, I would never I wouldn't say that it is necessarily a puzzle because you don't really have to do much more than just like be conscious of kind of putting your plants close enough together to you know reap the benefits of multiple or to you know so that multiple plants can reap the benefits of a single item um like there's a there's a balance to it to you know because you can only put so many plants in an area before they kind of crowd each other out um and, yeah, you, and you have
1: a you have a limited number of props that you can place per level mm-hmm. so if you run out of props and you're kind of shit out of luck
0: yeah but it it doesn't feel like a puzzle in that there's uh like a solution it just Mm -hmm. feels like these are the parameters that you have to sort of abide by um yeah i I guess it's different than a puzzle
1: yeah the the thing it reminded me most of that we've played is actually unpacking um which i felt had kind of a similar sense of like there is a like an end state goal that you need to achieve and sometimes it can be trickier than you expected to be able to like find the right spot for everything but if you're you know if you just put a little more time into it or you know pay a little more attention it's not like it's it's not like it's going to like punish you badly for Although there are some levels that are like multi-level, where you have to like do a certain amount, and then you unlock more of the level, and do a certain amount, and then you unlock more of the level. And if you fail those in a later section, you have to go all the way back to the beginning.
0: Yeah, that uh, was a little annoying.
1: And I did screw that up like occasionally.
0: Yeah, so did I. Um, anybody else exclusively tried, when possible, to put lawn gnomes in in chairs? <laughs>
1: I did like I did like to put lawn gnomes in uh, in little scenes where they were like clearly having a conversation with each other when possible. Mm-hmm. It, they're also like the only item that when you drop it, they make like a little kind of humany sound, like rah, rah. yeah,
0: it, it makes like a like a Minecraft villager
1: noise. Rawr. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the lawn gnomes are very cute. Um, it's. See, I, it was, it's interesting to me how they tried to do, um, like the, the plants do have some subtle differences in the ways that they, that they feel and they behave. And there are, I think, strategically sometimes when it's better to use certain types of plants over others. Um, like, you know, something like pothos grows like really, um, sort of quickly, and, you know, takes on a large area, um, like the, as well, the the ferns as well. Um, but they don't produce as many seeds for you to then get plants, more plants later. So the idea is, like, you place a plant, you grow it a certain amount, and then it will produce seeds, and you collect seeds for points, and once you have a certain number of points, um, you can, like, buy a seed for another plant. And different plants... Like, have different amount of areas they cover, they have different number of growth stages they need before they start producing seeds, they have different amount of seeds they produce, and they have a different cost that it costs to buy a a new seed from that plant.
2: Um, I would say, like, they are different, sure, but they're not that different.
1: Yeah, they're not different enough that, like, you can't just, like, ignore strategy and use your favorite one if you really want to. Yeah. Um, I could see, like, you know, there being a hardcore mode of this where you have to pick, like, the exact right thing for the right job and put stuff in places. But, I, I, I mean, that's not really the, like, tone of this game in any way. So... It's mostly just, you know, about making like beautiful landscapes and startling some birds. Um, And yeah, having things overgrown. I do love, I've said this before, but I think the mark of a good tool is that it's very easy to create something that's like, that's good, that looks good and is attractive and like works well. And it's very, uh, hard to make something that's like really shitty Uh, like you actually have to kind of intentionally work at it and I kind of feel like this game fits that for me where it was like I'd have to be kind of doing it on purpose to make something that didn't end up looking like this sort of gorgeous overgrown ruin at the end yeah yeah uh, I, also, I it end... does feel
0: really nice when, when like you're able to sort of hit your goal where you're able to proceed and be like, "Oh, I've got all, I've got all these extra props! Like, so let's go, let's go, boys!" Um, mm-hmm. And just <laughs> grow a ton more stuff.
1: Yeah, so. they have a they have a built in photo mode in the game so that if you like the way that uh, your thing looks, you can just take a picture of it. And I ended up taking a lot of pictures where it's like, there's no particular reason like why you know I'm, I'm probably not going to like look at these again but I'm like I'm proud of the way this looks I think it came out really cool uh, I just want to take a picture of it you guys have a uh, a favorite uh, favorite plant
0: Um, I was all in on the I don't remember what the actual name of the plant is but like the prairie grass that you get pretty early on yeah that's just my my like Midwestern longing for big open fields of wildflowers and shit coming in. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I like the. Well, I don't know. what It's called. What's it? An ivy?
1: There was. Yeah. There's. There's a probably the pothos. The pothos is like the leafy, leafiest of the vine plants, which is actually the plant that I have in my gecko tank.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. The wisteria look nice too. It reminds me there's um there's a house down the street from us that has <laughs> it's it's so funny. They've got a wisteria tree growing, but it's like it's a little little guy. Um, it's like shorter than me, probably. Um, but it's still it's still blooming. I don't know, it's just funny to see like a wisteria tree that is like flowering and looking beautiful, but it's also just it's a little guy, like right in the middle Aww. of the front lawn. So I get to see that when I leave and come home every day.
1: Yeah, no, the wisteria was definitely one of my favorites because it has like the big hanging, hanging flowers sections that look really pretty. Um, so I found a I found a little image where I can I can sort of rattle off all the plants. Um, oh, nice. So for vining plants, you've got the pothos and the wisteria and the kind of the ferns the ferns sort of go in all directions Um, I guess the ferns and the I want to say moss uh, are two sort of omnidirectional plants I don't really know the the, I didn't use the moss ones very much they're like these big poofy balls that you drop on a thing (laughs) they just make more giant poofy balls Um, so it looks like there's there's 13 total plants and then also rain clouds which you get eventually which lets you spend seeds to just water plants instead of planting new ones. Um, So let's see, in order, we've got the bamboo, uh, which just grows straight up and uh, has little blooms at the top. There's the moss. um, There's the pine tree. Trees generally have, you have to grow them a lot before they'll produce anything because they have to grow like their entire trunk. Um, And then, at the end, they they produce, like, a lot of seeds. Uh, Then there's the palm tree. Then there's ferns, which was one of my favorite because ferns cover everything. (laughs) Like, they take a while to produce seeds, but they are very prolific. Um, There's the monstera, which is, like, um, they look like sort of a big, bushy palm leaf sort of thing. Um, I don't actually, like... I feel like I see the, those are like a common like big house plant,
0: mm-hmm, but yeah. I don't
1: know any of their like common names.
0: They're like big broad leafed plants. They kind of have like kind of heart shaped leaves with like holes in the leaves. Yeah, um, and there are some. There's some varieties that have like part of the leaf is like white and green. Um, they're cool looking, but I don't think I get enough light to grow them here.
1: Yep, there's cactuses which are like. Um, Cheap and produce a lot of seeds real quickly, um even though they don't cover a lot of ground uh there's funguses which are just really unpredictable was my experience with funguses, like sometimes it seems like they'll they'll grow a lot very quickly, but if you place them in the wrong spot, they'll just like not grow at all yeah um there's the the prairie grasses which exclusively grow on horizontal surfaces and kind of spread out wide. Um, there's the pothos, which we mentioned. There's the... I mean, oak tree, maybe? I I, I think of it as standard tree. It's like the, the standard deciduous or, uh, yeah, deciduous tree. Um, then there's the weeping willow tree uh, and the wisteria. And then the the clouds where you can water things. And, yeah, like I said, they all have kind of like a slightly different feel to them. It took me sort of ages to figure out the UI enough to, like, kind of understand how they all worked. Um, Because, like, they do an okay job with tutorializing you stuff that you absolutely need to know, but they don't explain any of the UI, and it's, like, it's very informative, but in very subtle ways that took me a while to catch on to.
0: Yeah. um, Like, it does tell you, you know, how many... Rounds of prop items you're gonna have at the start, but if you're not paying attention, it's very easy to miss that. You know that those are finite because especially early on, um, like you pretty much always hit your goal before you even get close to running out of props. Um, Yeah. So it's pretty easy to miss that early on that that you know, eventually there is gonna be a fail state if you do a bad enough job at growing your plants.
1: Yep. Um, and the, uh, I think I didn't notice that that was like part of the UI until I was like maybe like 80% of the way through the game.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's, yeah. It's not as big of an, an issue as the mechanic being there would suggest that it will be. Um,
1: yeah. Um, uh, there's also, there's a UI for, um, ha- like the cost of each plant, like the fact that different plants cost a different amount of seed points to create Mm -hmm. a new one. There's like, it's like the number of pips in your little circle at the bottom. And it took me a while to realize that like, Oh, different plants actually cost different amounts. So like, there is a reason to like, you know, maybe you ran out of, you know, the points to plant like a new, um, you know, pothos or fern or whatever, but like, you only need two to to, point, to plant a cactus. So... Yeah.
0: Cactuses are cheap. Monstera's are pretty cheap, but they also don't give you a lot. They give you, like, one big seed. Yeah. Um, i trying to think yeah. of what else is cheap, but I don't remember off the top of my head.
1: Yeah, there were a couple of them that are just... I think the fungus also is just, like, two. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and fungus gives you a lot of seeds, but it doesn't give you a lot of seeds until you've grown it for quite a bit. Um, I could have, I, I, the fungus grew on me, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> like, I, I wasn't super sold on it at first, but then, like, there were a few levels where it, like, covered, like, huge swaths of Clock Tower really quickly, and I'm like, oh, I see her value now. Yeah. Um, there's one more thing I was thinking of, like, UI-wise, that was... I forget what it was. God, um, I'm just like, I'm browsing through some like screenshots um, to, to remind me on uh, just on like Google images and like, like every single screenshot of this game is gorgeous. It's so pretty.
0: You know, for and all moves. of that, I, Oh, go ahead. Go on. I was going to say for all, for all of like how, You know, the goal of the game is to build a pretty environment and it's a gorgeous, you know, it looks really nice when you manage to get things growing. I didn't, I didn't touch creative mode once. I probably should have done that.
1: I played it a little bit at the end. It's, uh, I mean, it's very comprehensive, but uh, there's no intrinsic motivation to it, obviously, because it's a creative mode. So, you know, it's like if you want to make something real specific, you can um basically it lets you place props however you want um which is a um like it, it's it's a more um like granular prop placement than than like the normal course of gameplay they actually give you unity controls a little bit where that little like three directional arrow thing appears with like oh. <laughs> where you can like move and rotate the The chunks that you're placing nice, um, so you can move that, and then you you can place any of the plants at any time and they automatically max grow ah. uh, when you place them so um, oh, that's cool, yeah, there are a few little like extra mechanics kind of sprinkled in throughout like there's um there are uh, planters that start appearing in certain levels, which are like you know. Uh, vine caging or, like, just, like, literal earthen planters uh, where if you plant a seed in it, it it grows to max growth level immediately. Um, So you can, like, you can get some good seeds harvesting off of it. Um, You kind of, like, figuring out, like, finding those is, like, important because sometimes they hide the planters and or extra seeds, like, in the level and you have to kind of move the camera around a bit to find them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there are some levels that you can, like, definitely fail if you don't use the planter at the right time.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
1: Um, But it's, you know, like, I think that's kind of part of the interest is, like, getting to a new level and kind of, like, looking around it and surveying the space and, like, coming up with sort of a plan of attack of how you want to approach it. Um, another... Sorry, go on.
2: I'm gonna come out as a hater of this game. (laughs) But I understand that this game is probably not for me. Yeah. But I just don't see the point.
1: Yeah, no, I was... what I'm doing. I was kind of suspecting that this might be, as I was playing it, that, like, oh, I think Carl's really not gonna like this game. (laughs) It's very (laughs) much just kind of a like, a zen mode sort of experience. Like, there's not a lot of gameplay to it. It's just a lot of, um, you know, pick something aesthetic and just, like, enjoy! Just feel it out! It's a very, sort of, like, a hippie kind of game, I guess.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and I think I get my, like, zen kicks more out of, like, having clear progression.
1: Yeah, that's fair. There's a whole interesting, like, overworld map in this game where you, like, as you do levels, you, like, open up nodes on the map. And sometimes whenever you come to a branching point, you have to, like, decide which new types of maps you want to go to. Um, Which, I don't know, was an interesting physical way to present the progression. Um, Like, they clearly could have done it in a much simpler way. This one was like almost a little bit like unnecessarily confusing, at times. But like also, you know, not bad. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who found it confusing.
2: Yeah, yeah and I I wasn't sure why it was there.
1: Yeah. Um, like
2: it serves it serves a purpose, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it lets you see sort of the the levels kind of all laid out in terms of, you know, exactly how many there are, but it gives you sort of a, a sense to estimate from. And you also get um, the fact that you can, like, choose different paths means it's like, oh, you know, like... I'm done playing like junkyard levels for a bit. I'm like going to play railway levels for a bit or like, no, I I'm liking these junkyard levels. I'm going to keep going more that way. Um, There's also the spooky graveyard levels, which have the uh, additional um, property of cobwebs, which are uh, like a secret seed that you can only place in those levels. uh, And they just grow more cobwebs. I don't know. Something about the cobwebs was extremely funny to me.
0: I mean, what else are you going to put in a graveyard?
1: I guess. But, you know, like, I maybe it's the, like, thinking of them as a... as though they're a plant, right? Like, as though they're an organic thing that happens on their own, not the result of spiders. Spiders
2: uh, don't exist.
1: Yeah. The only animals that exist in this world are the crows that come and like hang out on your on your buildings and stuff and when you play something they'll fly off for a bit and land somewhere else. But yeah, there's oh. a there's some real good uh like sounds and stuff with like between the crows and the planting sound effects and like the chill background music. And uh gnome gnome sounds. <laughs> gnome noises. Gnome That's, sounds It's all got some, like, really good, uh, just, like, well, well well-tuned, um, just, like, relaxing soundscape, basically. Yeah, I don't know. I think, for me, this game accomplished what I was hoping it would accomplish, which was, like, something just, like, really chill that I didn't have to spend a ton of time on, because I, like, felt like, oh, I got a bunch of stuff to do for this session and I'm like not going to have time to like sit down and play like, you know, 7 hours of a dedicated story game. Um and this one's like, "Nah, just come in, you know, like spend maybe an hour or so just like putting down some plants and listening to the sounds and being chill and and then you're good. No worries." And <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, I needed this in my life." <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I appreciate it for the zen zen aspect of it, but I it was very hard for me to be like I'm gonna play this game um, when there are many more compelling games that I have and need to play. Um, it was always sort of like a tough tough choice to be like oh, I should play Cloud Gardens. I was never like I gotta like I really want to play Cloud Gardens. Um, yeah, that's you know, fair. over over anything else, but I'm still you know. It was it was a nice experience.
1: Yeah, I could wow. see myself play, maybe yeah. maybe wanting to play a level or two if I was feeling super stressed, but yeah, it's probably not having played all of the main like campaign levels. It's uh such as they are. Um I'm not sure it was it's a game that I would as you say come back to a lot if I have other things waiting to play. Yeah. Not to say that again that it's not good. I think it's like an incredibly well-made artifact for what it is. Um, and if, like, the thing you're looking at is something that's, like, zen and creative and, like, very low-key, um, then, like, I think it's, like, really hits the nail right on the head there. Um, it's just, like, that's not um, not always a, an experience that most people are, like, seeking out, I think. Uh, I'm trying to... what was the... there
0: was uh Sorry, I'm like I'm I'm trying to like think about what this was. Um Zenbound was a mobile game from a while ago and it was all about like wrapping a uh like string around an object. Um yeah. and I don't know, for some reason probably just because it has the word zen in the title, um it reminded me or this reminded me of that and that like here's your objective, there's not much to it, but enjoy. Go for
1: it. Yep yeah i I was thinking i was uh I had heard of that game as well um I don't think I ever played it myself, but I like someone demoed it for me, and yeah I think that's a similar kind of experience. I was definitely as I played this one thinking like I bet this would make like a really good mobile experience. I'm not sure if most mobile platforms could handle it because it's got like this procedural growth stuff going on yeah um but this definitely feels like something where I might like. You know, play a level or two on the bus on the way home, just kind of for some peace of mind. Um, which I didn't because I had it on PC, so I had to play it yeah. like literally in my desk chair, which is not the best environment for it. I think.
0: Yeah, that 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 doesn't help either. Um, I guess I guess we all gotta get a Steam Deck so we can play it on on car rides and in the, in on the bus etc
1: um, yeah something like that um i don't know maybe it would could be really well optimized for mobile maybe it's already on mobile for all i know um let me just double check that it's not uh cloud gardens platforms um, it is available on the switch so you can get it on the switch and take it with you that way Um, other than that, it looks like it's just various, like, you know, it is on consoles. It's on, like, Xbox, uh, yeah, so it looks like Switch, Xbox consoles, Windows, and Mac. Um, no PlayStation that I can see, but that's fine. But, yeah, I would say that, like, this is a good Switch game, because if you're taking your... (laughs) Switch w- with you to like lie in bed and do do a level before you're going to sleep at night or something, to just kind of calm you down. Yeah, um, I think that would be sort of the ideal ideal play scenario for me. I I would have gotten it on Switch were it not for the fact that I already owned it because it was in one of those giant bundles.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, I'm so got... scared of buying indie games on Switch because like. There's so many that's such a bad port.
1: Interesting. I yeah. just think
0: about the time that I played Genesis Noir on the Switch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that I mean <clears throat> that that wouldn't have been a fun experience either in
0: uh, any other way, though. Um...
1: Yeah, I, I mean, like that. That also, like, that was less the nature of the Switch itself, and more the nature of like it being it like not being designed as a console experience. Like yeah. I think it would have been equally awful on PlayStation.
2: That's true. Um,
1: <clears throat> like, it was clearly meant for a mouse like point point-and-click interface, and so not having that was like... Well, you can go back and listen to our uh, our episode on Genesis Noir to hear us complain for like an hour or two about how much we hated the controls.
0: Yeah. And
1: how much we just didn't care for that game. Um. Spoiler. Yeah. Got it. That game's could have been so good. It was so close to being so good. Um. (laughs) Anyway. Uh. But Cloud Gardens. Um. Yeah. Like I said, I think probably a not for everyone sort of thing. It's like a very specific experience. But I think like a very well polished and like, well-made version of that extremely specific experience.
0: Yeah. It does what it sets out to do. Absolutely.
1: So, if that's a... If you've been feeling, like, incredibly stressed lately, and you just want something, you know, creative to do that makes you think of the natural world, check out Cloud Gardens. It's a thing.
2: Yeah.
1: The end.
0: Yeah, I think we have just run out of things to
2: talk about. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we might have. Um,
1: I don't know. I mean, like, you know, we could go through, like, some of the props. And, you know, some of them were kind of, like, fun and weird. Some of the, like, some of the landscapes, especially the, like, um, the old greenhouses and the old, um, like, some of the old railway station ones were just like super, super gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. So we could get into some of the specifics, but like uh, that's hard to uh, describe over audio. It really is. and like yeah. putting
2: cars in a way that that it looked like they were flying.
1: <laughs> I liked uh, I liked placing a big old train car on the old tracks after I'd uh, after I'd finished like gussying up the place. There I was, like.
0: Putting objects at the very edge of the like playable space so that you still got credit for putting it down, but then it just falls off and you can
1: Yeah. Put there. You don't. <laughs> you don't it. get. Yeah, but you don't get that for free because uh, if it falls off, it it pops back into your inventory and you don't get credit for it the second time. Oh, does it? Damn. Yeah. Okay. Never so mind. You, so you still have to. Uh, you still have to like use it up and place it successfully before you'll get the next like group of items.
0: Oh, I so. thought I was being clever. No, nope, I guess I'm uh, not.
1: They saw you coming. <laughs> ah,
0: that's fair. Good thinking. Good looking yeah. out, game.
1: <laughs> nope. Yeah, no, I thought that at first as well. I'm like, oh, so I can just, like, tip these over the edge every time, and then eventually I'm like, oh, no, there they go. They're, they're popping back up. But that also happens if you accidentally destroy one of your plants. The seed, like, falls off the edge and then pops back into your inventory. Yeah, so that is that's- true. That's nice. They don't punish you for, like, accidentally destroying stuff. It's an interesting balance because, like, placing new items, just if you accidentally hit parts of the plant you've grown, it destroys it. But also you need to put it close to the plants so that they'll grow more. Um, so it's, there's, I don't know, there's, like, an interesting built-in tension in these mechanics that, like, isn't, fully explored, I feel like, because they're making a Zen game and they don't want it to be like crazy super challenging. Um,
2: Also, it's physics-based. So you're gonna end up accidentally destroying your stuff anyway.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And sooner or later, you're gonna drop something where you didn't mean to drop it, or it's gonna, like, bounce and roll in a spot where you're like, ah, no, shit! Uh, So.
0: You do get one undo if you need to, like, Try again to get the gnome to sit in the chair, um, yep. that's fine, but
1: yeah, yeah, and the undo only works for the most recent prop that you've placed it will yeah. not it will not undo any like plant placement, so uh, but yeah, I don't know, I think that's that's mostly what we have to say cloud gardens i yeah. I you know it was pretty much I think exactly what I was expecting it to be and that's fine. Like I was pleased with it. Yeah. Um. All right. Should we, uh, intro what we're gonna play next? I think we should.
0: Yeah. I've sure. already forgotten. Oh no! I remember what we're playing now. Hey,
1: right. girl.
2: <laughs> the next game we're gonna be playing is the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Yeah. Which is a uh, a remake or a remaster or re something of Stanley Parable. Yep. Made by Crow's Crow's Crow's.
1: Yep. I have heard it described as sort of a stealth sequel um which is how also how they described the uh the DLC for um uh Outer Wilds. So
0: I still need to play that.
1: It's so oh. good. I know. We could do Somebody that does. for one of our uh, for one of our pods if if you want an excuse. I've okay. already played it, but like I'm happy to yeah. talk about it.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I have also heard Stealth Sequel. So um, we'll see. It'll be interesting because like my I guess what I'm thinking is that it it is sort of the equivalent of what the retail version of the game was to the source mod. Um, and I have played the source mod, and I have played the retail game. So, I guess this is just the next step in the progression.
1: Yep. Next. Uh, n- next expansion outward in the. Mm-hmm. Uh... Oh gosh, what was what's the name of that video where it like zooms out and zooms in a bunch and shows you like, the the exponential, size of the, universe scaling.
0: Oh, I don't know. I've seen something similar with like a big big fractal. So I'm just going to assume that that's the same concept.
1: Uh, is It's just called powers of 10? Uh might just be called powers of 10. Yes, powers of 10. Uh if you sorry, this is like so tangential. Um <laughs> but powers of 10 is a very cool video where they show you like you know what is t- things that you can see at like 10 to the 0 meters versus 10 to the 1 meters versus 10 to the 2 meters and um just kind of like it zooms in and out and it's it's very cool. So the, I think they go like all the way out and then all the way back in and then they start going down to the like negative powers so you can see like you know, you go all the way down to like DNA and atoms and things like that. It's it's cool. Huh. I'll have to watch that. Um, anyway. But Stanley Parable, probably not related to Powers of Ten. Um <clears throat> but an expansion on the existing content. So the Deluxe Edition has like all of the original edition stuff, plus also some more stuff, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, and I have I watched someone stream some of it, so I've already seen a little bit of the more stuff part. But uh I'm still excited to to see more.
0: Yeah like, I don't know, coming back to the Sandy Parable after I guess the f- the retail version of the game was like nine years ago, almost a decade ago, I want to say it was 2013 Um, so this, yeah, this is like I don't know, this is just like a game that I was not expecting t- there to be more of, so that's
2: interesting um, yeah. yeah, and also when it released this was kind of like New Grounds it did
1: Yeah, it was Yeah it was one of the, you know, early games to be like very meta about games in general and uh in game design. Is the is the guy who did this the same guy who did the beginner's guide? Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so we played or one of one one them?
1: Of, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um well the guy who's like narrating the beginner's guide as a character version of himself worked on this game, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: Davy Reeden.
1: Yeah. And um, the other
0: one is William Pugh, which I feel like I gotta say them both.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So and you know we had we had a lot to say about the beginners guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, I'm I'm kind of surprised. Oh, that yeah. I have not talked about the Stanley Parable
1: before, but yeah, here we go. Yeah. We so,
2: also played uh, Languskov.
1: Oh, is that also them? It's the other one. Oh, oh okay. okay. It's William Pugh. Okay, gotcha. That makes sense. You know, that kind of the 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 beginner's guide combined with Dr. Langiscoff kind of encompasses what the Stanley parable is. Oh, no, it's uh <laughs> It's really funny that like, yeah, it's those two people working together because yes, you can absolutely see elements from both. So, yeah. So, you know, expect funny Expect, like, some, you know, meta commentary on the nature of games a little bit. And uh more than that, we probably shouldn't say, because it's a game that's, like, best, like, experienced for itself.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see how, like, how much of the sense of kind of surprise and cleverness is going to be there ten years out from the, you know, this kind of meta game idea yeah. really popping out. Um, you know, into the consciousness of the gaming public, at least. Um, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's there because everybody has been very excited about this. Um, so obviously, there's probably something to it. Um, so yeah, yeah I'm just curious no, to see I, how uh, it plays out.
1: I went to um when I went to get it on Steam. Um, it suggested to me, um, like games on your on your list that are similar to this or games that you've played that are similar to this include undertale and what uh what became of edith finch okay um and i'm like yeah okay i guess yeah like it's kind of meta in the way that undertale is kind of meta and it's it's sort of a walking sim but like with other things in the way that edith finch is
0: Edith Finch is one that I, like, still think about. It's a good game. What a good game. Very solid. Yeah. Recommend that one to anybody who hasn't played it yet. Uh, And we did an episode on it. Uh, We did a really long episode because we also talked about... uh, Dear Esther. Dear Esther, yeah.
1: Yeah, we did our Walking Sim episode, which was like... You know, we were like, oh, they're both short games, so, like... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, and that ended up being one of our longest episodes, because we had a lot to say about where the genre came from and where it had ended up at that point.
1: Yeah, Um, it turns out, like, length of game is not necessarily an indicator of how much we will talk about a thing. Yeah. Like, I think we, I think our episode on the beginner's guide was, like, around as long as it takes to play the beginner's guide. Yeah, probably. I mean, if not longer.
2: Yeah. Cloud Garden yeah. is quite a long game.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of levels in Cloud Garden. It's, uh, it's got probably like, I don't know, 100 levels, something like that. Um, but I would tell you the exact amount of time I spent playing it, but because I you know have the itch.io version, I don't have any kind of tracking. I just have the files in a folder on my computer.
0: Yeah, I also got the itch.io version, so we'll never
1: know. I mean, it's probably on how long to beat, I assume? hey how long to beat how long does cloud gardens take to play completionist 21 and a half hours this but this may be the only person who entered because there's no entries for main story or main plus extra yeah so having pulled a single person (laughs)
0: there you go mark
1: themselves as completionist it took them 21 hours and 24 minutes. I don't think it took me nearly that long. But I was not... I don't know what completionist means in the sense of this game. Like... Anyway. Family Parable. Ultra Deluxe. Specifically Ultra Deluxe and not the original version because we're mostly, like, interested in the new content. Apparently I never played the original. I thought I had. Um... Like, I remember, um, I remember playing it, so I don't know why I apparently don't have it anywhere.
0: Maybe you just watched someone play it.
1: Oh, but I remember, like, making, uh, I remember making decisions about stuff, but maybe, maybe that's a false memory. Um, I know I did also watch Seanbo play it, because that was, like, one of the early games he played on Play-By-Play. um. But yeah. Now now I've got the ultra deluxe, so I can if I want, I can go back and re experience all of the original content as well. So Yeah. All
0: right. Although um... some,
1: some endings have been changed a little bit. Um like there's I know for sure there's some out of context, there's a there's a spot in one of the endings or one of the paths where it makes reference to um, some other games, and in the original it was Minecraft, um, and they've since changed it to Firewatch, and okay. uh, and I think um, yeah, Rocket League was the other one.
0: Well, two games that I've never
1: played. Yep, perfect. Did I've, did we not play Firewatch for this stri- No, this, uh, didn't. that was another one that Seanbo played for play by play. So I still want to
0: play Firewatch at some point, but I just haven't gotten around to it.
1: I mean, you know, if you feel like you don't have time for it, like, put on Seanbo's playthrough in the background, and yeah. I think that's fine.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, anyway, should we do plugs, gang? Yeah, let's do plugs.
0: Alright, hello. You can find uh, the podcast Twitter on Twitter at FeedbackForce. You can also find my Twitter on Twitter uh, at KelsoTimeBomb.
1: There um, it is. You can find my Twitter on Twitter uh, at Kyla underscore Go. Uh, and you can find Wintermore Tactics Club's Twitter on Twitter, at Wintermore TC. Uh, you can also buy the game Wintermore Tactics Club on uh, all consoles and PC and Mac. Nice.
2: Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter at go Three.
1: Sure. I, I actually, now that I say that, can you do? Can you can get Wintermore on Mac, right? I've never actually tried, so. Uh, Wintermore Tactics Club. Where are you? Uh, Wintermore Tactics Club. Store page. Does it list Mac? As available. I think we released for Mac. I hope we released for Mac. I actually don't know where on Steam you find that information, so never mind.
0: Hang on, hang on. I can, I, 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 I it's gotta be here somewhere.
1: Uh, uh. You're a Mac
2: user. You only have yourself to blame.
1: Yeah. That's like, true. why are you, why are you gaming on a Mac anyway? Let's be honest. Uh, uh
0: I guess it doesn't look like it does. Um, mm.
1: here, I will go to the Wintermore Tactics Club. <laughs> Website wintermoretc.com. Um, nope, we're not on. I don't
0: think, yeah, I don't think Mac is supported. Okay,
1: well, buy now uh, now on Steam, GOG, Switch, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, or the soundtrack on Spotify. Um, (laughs) But we're on GOG now, so that's a thing. Oh, cool, very nice. I guess it wouldn't actually tell me if it was Mac on it, just says Steam, which could mean anything. But I don't think we are. Um, yeah. I feel Let's... like
0: if you if you are a Mac user, you have some other way to play games. Because yeah. you're you sure as heck aren't playing them on a Mac. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. But All right. the, point, the point is it's a good game and people should buy it because Yeah. Because like it's don't you wanna play a good game? About about kids fighting uh against I was going to say against authority. That's not quite right. But, I don't know. Spoilers. Anyway. Listen, uh, clearly I did not get enough sleep or something. I'm rambling a lot.
0: <laughs> you know what? We took a, we took some time off, and we're getting back into the podcasting groove. It's okay. It happens. Yep. I think this episode has been more focused than, like, for example, say, the Donut County episode, which I have never gone back and listened to. I feel like I remember when we recorded it, I was like, "Oh, this wasn't a good episode," and I I feel like if I go back and listen to it, I'll say, I'll think, "Oh, this wasn't a good episode," but you know.
1: Oh no, I I remember nothing about that episode, but I remember enjoying the game quite a bit.
0: So yeah, the game was good. I just think we could not stay on any sort of topic um at all while we were talking about it. So
1: yeah, I may have to go back and re-listen to the uh our Kentucky Route Zero episode because a friend of mine just finished playing it and, like, was, was I guess, like, a little disappointed in it. And I was trying to remember, like, I remember I liked that game, but if I go back and listen to the episode, like, was I disappointed right after or was I, like, really enthusiastic in that episode? I don't remember.
0: I was disappointed until I thought about it for a little while and was like, no, actually, this is a good ending. Um, so, oh. Yeah.
1: I'll have to go back and see what what, uh, freshly experienced me felt versus me who's, like, sat with my memories of the game for a couple years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And while we do that, you can go, you, the listener, you can uh, go play The Stanley Parable and think about it. And uh, if you want to be on the episode for the next time we record... That's a possibility as well. You could just hit us up on Twitter or join us in the Discord here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but until then, thank you for listening. Thank you for bearing with us as we get the, the podcast gears turning again. Uh, and we'll see you next time.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Bye-bye. Bye.